Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode, Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatinas. Look, guys, I'm really excited today to bring to you a really, really good friend of mine who, who has personally been on a bit of a journey uh, and without a doubt has thrown herself into the deep end many, many times over. Uh, and I think her diverse skills and experience really allows her to excel uh, and more recently really make a, a global statement. Without further ado, we're going to kick it straight into rapid fire when we cross over to the episode. Let's welcome to the show the amazing Beza Meekin White. Proudest moment personally and proudest moment professionally. Proudest moment personally or professionally. I think um, it's funny because actually I think they're about to tie into one, um, which it would have happened sooner if it wasn't for COVID um something that I haven't it hasn't been publicly announced yet um because I because of the COVID situation it's kind of on ongoing but my relationship with um Foot Locker um I'm I'm really proud of that the relationship that I've kind of rekindled with them um and the contract that I'm uh, about to sign with them as their first community ambassador um well which for me is is thank you it's such a um there's a special achievement because it's allowing me to obviously work in the creative space um which I'm really passionate about um and I'm I've really you know found that I've had a blossoming love over the last few years especially but it's being able to work with a company who are willing to listen to my ideas um about how they can support the community better um, rather than just, I guess, profiting off of it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, rather than just profiting off of the urban urban culture and urban community, they are listening to someone from that community and finding ways to connect better um, mm-hmm. with how they market, how they advertise, how they financially support um, and shining lights on amazing community members. So I, I think probably without having to think too hard about it, I'd say that that's, that's my proudest achievement of, of late because it's something that I've, I've worked with them for many years and then I've come back and now started to build this relationship with them. I love as well the fact that they're like they're reaching out and partnering with like yourself to really make an impact not just make like a news something newsworthy so, oh like we did this one time yeah. it's like let's a really thing. yeah it's like really let's make a lifetime impact let's really do a sustainable yeah. program that can you know change someone's yeah. life forever or multiple people's lives you know build um, a platform yeah yeah, yeah. And like i said it's not just something cool to say on channel seven or on the news or the yeah. newspaper look what we yeah. did it's like no let's let's go in deep and let's really help some people here i love mm. that yeah. uh beza tell us something that no one knows about you i don't know what that sound was um but that's <laughs> a <fun> question <laughs> Yeah, ask me questions I haven't even thought about. Um, someone doesn't know about me. I okay. I don't. I'm starting to realize that I'm a little bit afraid of the dark. Um, I don't even know. I don't know why, but I'm. I'm. If I'm home alone, I'm afraid of the dark for some reason. I, it's just. I don't know if it's getting worse or I'm just becoming more aware of it. 
or COVID has made me more aware of it because of a lot more spending time alone if my housemate's mm. staying at her partner's house. But um, the the dark can be a scary place. Is it okay? Yeah. So even if you're at home, like just the darkness or more the outside stuff. <laughs> I haven't quite figured it out yet because I've been too chicken <laughs> to um <laughs> to push the boundaries. <laughs> um, totally. But I definitely I mean I don't like the outside in the dark. Uh totally. Like real Standard. dark, like not like just, you know, with some street lights. Street lights are okay, but like pitch black. Um I think I was okay as a kid, but for some reason as I'm getting older, I'm getting more afraid of the dark. I don't know. We can work on that. It's all right, it could be worse. <laughs> afraid of the dark's like not that bad. Just make sure you carry a flash. Just carry a little torch. You know those ones that go on your head, those little, you know, the miners have? And you'll be laughing. You'll be all good. It's never darkness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Problem okay. solver. I'll think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Problem right. solver. I love it. Hey, three more questions to go. Um, if you could have lunch with any one person in the world, past or present, dead or alive, who would it be? You got a two hour time limit with them. And where would you have lunch with them? Oh, probably. Oh, oh. This, oh, it's hard for me to choose. There's two people. Um, I would say uh, Nelson Mandela, um, which is really funny because the other person I was going to say was David Attenborough. So it's two <laughs> quite elderly, totally dead and alive um, yeah, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, those those two um, are people that I would have loved to be able to hear from. Um, Mandela, because of my roots um, in with Africa, um, and his story is absolutely fascinating. I did I did a project on him in, in school as well, um, and it would be in South Africa. I'd want to have that meeting with him in South Africa. I went I to his that. museum. Um, uh, yeah, I just think it would be. It would be, would be absolutely incredible, an, an incredible experience. Um, I'm trying to be more sustainable and environmentally conscious, mm. which is why for me, I mean, I love David Attenborough's voice and his, totally. and his shows, and I think he'd be an incredible person to get that sort of insight. Um, I think it's see, I can't choose one. I literally have three, but they can't choose one because the other one. <laughs> Let's just invite them both. Let's just invite them both to South Africa. I'm sure that I'm, I've heard that the landscape there and the animals and the wildlife is beautiful there. So David Edinburgh would be perfect. You can, you know, take him on a safari and then you can right. sit down and, you know, just do the whole thing. Let's make a whole day out of it. Right. But then Michelle Obama, I have to throw her in there because she's a strong, powerful woman. And for Absolutely. me, I'm really influenced by strong, powerful women. Um, Love that. And I don't even care where it was with her. It could be in a bookshop in the back corner with <laughs> nobody watching. I would not care. I would just I would just want to sit and hear her talk for two hours. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Good answers. Good answers. Two more to go. Uh, what was 10-year-old Beza like? Oh, <laughs> oh 10-year-old Beza. Um, very uh, active. I, I was always playing sport. I was always running around. Um, Loved basketball back then. Then um, also running. Um, I uh, started to find my love for running. Um, nonstop, always running around. The only time I was running is if I was reading a book, real bookworm. Um, I would find a corner. I would get lost in a book, and uh, you wouldn't see me for a few hours. Um, and Amazing. I would lose consciousness of what was around me, and I would just be so submerged in that book, and I would have vivid dreams. It was crazy. I, I could yeah dissect an entire book and. And I would literally think I was in that book 
Wow. You know, I would forget about everything around me and I, um, I'm actually trying to get back to that space of being able to block everything mm. around me mm. out and just submerge myself in a book because that was such an um, amazing experience and that I was able to kind of um, be able to uh, conjure up back as a 10-year-old. But well, what, yeah, what a skill to have now. Always, always yeah, yeah well, what, it would be. I think I feel like three I hours just turn off, like, you know, turn off the world for three hours. Like, that's huge, especially in, you know, today's day and age to um, even two hours, even an hour. If you can just be mm. an hour mm. of, you know, stillness, like you said, in, in mm. engrossed in a book, that would be great skill to have maybe you can teach people how yeah. you do it after you've uh, hoping, gone back there i'm hoping i can i'm hoping i can do that because i have a book that i'm trying to get through and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the book i'm finding it really interesting it's actually a shout out to my friend mad jack uh mad jack door it's yeah, his book yeah, yeah. that just came out uh, august 8th mm. and it is so interesting and it's not yeah it's nothing to do with it not being interesting it's just that i've noticed that the world we live in, the fact that obviously I, I work with technology with social media, that sort of stuff, it is so hard to switch off. And I almost have to either turn my phone off or put it mm. downstairs and it's out of sight and out of view for me to sit there and just focus. Um, and when I do, it is, it is a great experience. I get to 100%. really, you know, focus on what the words are and what I'm reading. Mm. Um, mm. A great book so far. You want to book I love to read? that. I love yeah. that. I'll have to get on board. Uh, last question, your favourite superhero? Oh, that's a a tough one. Um, I don't. Is he considered? He's not really considered a superhero, though. Um, Robin Hood. (laughs) It's not really a superhero, but he's a you know he's a folklore hero. Um, to the people of his community, he was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, People of his town. Yeah, I mean, I love the storyline of Robin Hood, so definitely a Robin Hood fan. But I also used to want to be able to use a bow and arrow. I had a thing about bow and arrows. (laughs) I don't know why. I used to, my brother and I used to do little things where we'd have like elastic bands and we'd try and make our own little bow and arrows. Have you ever done archery? No. Uh, Oh, once, one time. I was terrible. I have no upper body strength and my (laughs) wrists are so weak. I've like, these are tiny and weak and. I'm useless at that, but right. I tried. Hey, one day. One day you can be Robin Hood. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Beza, that is rapid fire. Congratulations. Well done. I think Bye. we learned a little bit there. My, my biggest takeaway is the roast veggie pasta. I'm really excited for that. Yes. Get get on it. Get good salt. Um, good sauce. Get good salt. Yeah, I'm Italian. We do homemade roast. sauce, so we're, I'm all good on that front. There we go. <laughs> good salt and roast the garlic whole um, and rosemary. There it is, guys. This is now turned into a cooking podcast. I love it. <laughs> hey, an incredible story, Beza. And I know we've got so much to cover. Um, I've got some dot points, just some quick, you know, and then we can dive sort of into it. So you were adopted at the age of four, uh, got into athletics. You mentioned there a, a fair bit, basketball, running, um, which I definitely want to sort of go through a little bit more now as well. Uh, you worked in the fashion world. Incredible. Managed retail stores, Foot Locker and Barbershops, which I'm guessing that's where the Foot Locker connection began. Uh, you yeah. really got into the acting and the modeling. You've now launched a business event, business, uh, an events business, sorry. Uh, and now you're really working and partnering with big name brands like the Nikes, the Adidas's and the Foot Lockers. Um, and I loved your, your recent collab and, and work with the whole new Space Jam. I thought that was so Thank cool. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I really want to get myself one of those Guernseys. I don't know where I'm going to get it from. I'm going to have to work Look, hard. I don't know. I, I don't even know where it was hard because I didn't get it in store because we're in, in lockdown. So that got sent to me. So yeah, I, unless it's online, but that's like jacket, eBay for that like, jacket. 
the bomber jacket I had yeah. got so many people kids men women asking me about the bomber jacket and it's nice it's good it's good Beza, talk to us a little bit about the athletic side of things. So you mentioned earlier basketball, running. Yeah. Did you go anywhere with it? Did you, you know, compete or was it just naturally gifted? Um, so I played, uh, obviously I played at school. Um, my love for it started because my my mum kind of got me involved at a young age. Uh, my mum's first cousins, um, shout out to Pat and uh, Lee. They both played in the, uh, played for Australia. Um, playing the Olympic women's team, um, very talented, very tall, um, <laughs> and yeah, they they I guess helped ignite my love for that sport. Um, and their daughters uh, played as well, and they're either a year younger than me, and a year old, a couple years older than me. So we kind of grew up playing love for that. the same team. Um, and then I obviously played for school as well. When I was I got older, I always played in the year above, and then it was like two years above. Partly one, I think. I mean, I believe I was good, but also because <laughs> there weren't as many girls' teams back mm, then. Um, they just didn't have that level of um, maybe it's funding, but also the level of interest. There weren't as many girls playing basketball, so there might be ten boys' teams and there'd be like three girls' teams, and so they would combine in year levels. Absolutely. So I was thirteen, fourteen, playing with sixteen, seventeen-year-olds. Um, one, I was good, but two, there weren't enough. There weren't enough totally. teams to have, yeah. you know, everyone of that Your same age group. age group. So, um, but it was amazing, and it, I think I was made all the better for it because it was, you know, more competitive. I was playing with, you know, stronger, more physically, physically stronger girls. Um, but I was fast. I wasn't necessarily strong, but I was fast, um, and I had a good shot. Um, <laughs> I can still shoot. Love that. Yeah, I yeah. can't run. I can't dribble. <laughs> I can shoot. Um, Most important, just be able to shoot. Just pass me the ball. And let me shoot goal. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, do you think um, the um? Do you think that competitiveness and that you know, even like you just shared there, the the, the need to have to be 13 and play against 16, 17 year olds helped you not so much like grow up quicker, but when you did get into, you know, work and university and, and starting your own business and negotiations and communications, do you think that confidence from then really helped you excel into where you are now Again, still use it to today? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say that absolutely. Um, a combination of that and having siblings who are a lot older than me. Um, I've got a big family and the age range is like now I'm about to be 28. My youngest brother's 23 and my oldest brother's 50. Well, so that yeah. we've got that big age gap and the rest of them are quite a bit significantly older than me. So I kind of grew up with people who were already significantly older. Um, so whether it was about certain types of conversations or just being heard um, and then definitely that competitive nature kicked in at school um, totally. playing myself and two other friends, always being the only girls on the boys football team or soccer team. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was just, uh, I, I just, I wanted to have fun, but I was also, I wanted to try and be the best and, 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 um, push myself and push my limits. Um, I, I definitely have seen that with my confidence. I consider myself a outgoing, confident person. I'm definitely more Agreed. of an extrovert than an introvert. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. so I've, I felt that, um, there's definitely been a awesome. benefit, benefit to that as an adult. I love, I love sports. Like I grew up playing sports as well from very, very, I mean, I started playing when I was like, eight with basketball then went into football and cricket and did the whole thing there uh, and sports taught me so much personally as well um, I, I definitely agree with the whole confidence thing how to communicate with people uh, how to get over like losing like because you lose one mm. week you're gonna play the next week I think that taught that I always said like, yeah. that's one thing that I really learned like 
you, you on play Saturday or Sunday, you've lost. It's like, oh, well, go back to training on Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is, yeah. and prepare for the next game. Um, I think there's some really yeah. seri- significant life lessons in there as well. You then got into retail. So coming out of school, did you go to uni? Did you study anything or did you go straight into the workforce? Um, so, I mean, from the age of 16, I was working in cafes and restaurants. So I pretty much worked right through from 16 up until where I am now. But I started doing the cafe stuff. And then out of straight out of high school, I went to uni to begin with. Um, I did a nursing degree, started a nursing degree. And I kind of felt... It was hard straight out of high school. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I knew things that I liked, but I felt so much pressure to make a decision mm. and to, you know, go, yeah, this is, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And I really struggled with that pressure. I found it so difficult to be like, this is my choice. This is me for the rest of my life. And I couldn't see myself doing anything for the rest of my life at that point. I was only 18. We mm. had to start deciding by the age of 16, 17 you know, what subjects to do or what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And that pressure is so intense. Um, I had good enough grades to get into a few different things and I chose chose nursing in the end because I liked biology, I liked people, I found the medical world interesting Um, and Adelaide University had a a great reputation for it. So I I went there and within the first really three months, I knew it wasn't for me, Um, but I... I didn't want to let my parents down. I didn't want to, I didn't want to fail. And that competitive nature of not wanting to quit kicked in. And so I <laughs> all these emotions. And absolutely. And I stuck through it and I thought, no, I have to do this. Um, and I didn't tell my parents about how much I was struggling with the decision. Um, and it was, it was a lot of exam based um, the first six months and I passed nine subjects and I failed one, which broke me. I was like, and, you know, five of the subjects were one course and the other five the other. And the only way I could continue is if I ended up going to uh, coming back six months later, I couldn't finish it next semester. So I had to put my studies on hold. I was like, what am I going to do? And I was like, no, I'm going overseas. So I became a nanny and I moved to Holland. Well, there you go. <laughs> which is kind of random um totally I was already babysitting for a family and I thought you know I enjoy kids I love kids I love travel um I'm I'm at this stage 19 and my parents were were in Vietnam on a holiday with my brother and some friends and called mum and said mum I'm going to Europe I'm going to be a nanny um I'm not sure if I'll be back I'll be gone before you get back um and I think there was only a couple weeks overlapping so Originally, I was going to go to Italy, and then it worked out that I knew a family that could connect me in Holland. So I moved to Holland and became a nanny for four kids, Um, a four-month-old, a four-year-old, and six-year-old twin boys. Uh, so that was that was intense. Um, I was about to say that's yeah. an effort. That's a, that's a, that is a full time gig. <laughs> yeah, a crazy experience. Um, but I had amazing adventures along the way. Um, you know, Christmas in in uh, over there, and I got to meet friends from Adelaide who flew over, met them in Paris, and I did a bit of travel while I was over there. So that was Beautiful. incredible. And when I came back, I forced myself to go back to uni. Uh, which was the biggest mistake. And I, I ended up finally confronting my, my fears and went to my, spoke to my parents and I said, I don't want to do this. I'm not interested in doing this. Um, but I'd already missed the, the cutoff date to quit um, without it affecting the grades and the rest of it. So what did I do? Push through. <laughs> I finished the six Love months it. with my exams and, I, and then I stopped and I went uh, pretty much straight into retail from there and started at Foot Locker. Um, 
Yeah. That's incredible. Going on the whole uni thing, right? Because I'm sure you got a lot of, you know, people that will end up listening to this episode, you know, probably a lot of mm-hmm. significant younger following as well. Mm-hmm. Giving feedback now, and I know it's, you know, hindsight. What would you mm-hmm. tell someone like someone listening, you know, a male or female, doesn't matter, someone that's in uni but potentially not liking what it is that they want to do, whether they want to study something yeah. else or just get out of it. What yeah. is that? What would you, because I never went to uni, so I can't, yeah. I can't give feedback on that. Yeah. Someone that's been like yourself and knew after three months, this is not for me. Mm. How do you, yeah, how, how do you quit? Like, how do you, quit's probably yeah. not the right word. Yeah. Well, it is the right thing, but it's like, how do you do it? How do you take, how, does, how do you decide yeah. you're ready to take a different direction? Yeah. Um, well, in saying, when in when is the that, moment? Absolutely. In saying all that, I'm about to be 28 and I've been re-enrolled in uni last year. There you go. So I'm, well I'm a adult, you know, uh, <laughs> an adult student. I'm studying online yep. um, and I feel much better about my decision and I'm studying nice. part-time and it's something that I feel more comfortable with now. Nice. Um, nice. I'm, I'm a real advocate for learning and education and I definitely think if there is an opportunity for you to learn and study, whether it's TAFE or higher education, absolutely take that opportunity to learn and to develop yourself. There's even short courses that you can do just for, for development or totally. management of people whatever it is take mm-hmm. take the opportunity to um educate yourself as much as possible because it does help later in life Absolutely. with career opportunities mm-hmm. at a young age it, it's hard because you feel the pressures of the world and you feel the biggest thing the pressures of your parents and it's not something they necessarily intentionally put on you but you know your friends are going to uni and you you, you want to experience that college life or the university life um but i think it's just eventually being honest to yourself and going, what is it that I want um, and how can I achieve that? Having a little bit of a little, little bit of a plan, a little bit of idea, an idea and going, what do I want to achieve? Mm. Write it all down, figure out what, what you want to make, um, what sort of goals you want to have for your life. And it might not be obvious ones, but, you know, um, these are the fields that I like you know, this is what I am interested in and what can I see myself potentially doing out of this? Um, and then and then going to your parents and having that conversation, if it's your parents or your whoever it is that is in your life that is that that person that you want to speak to. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of the time what freaks parents out and families out is that, okay, I'm putting and the, no, what next? What's the plan? What are you, you going to do? And they, because for them, they just want your life to be easy Correct. or as easy as possible. And They're trying and to help you ultimately. Mm. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't want you to sit on the couch the rest of their life doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, having, having, I guess, a little bit of confidence in yourself to kind mm. of go, okay, take, take my life in my hands and go, what do I want to achieve out of this? Yeah. But just being honest, it took so long for me to be honest with myself and I felt so much better when I finally was able to. Yeah, it just felt like a weight off my shoulders. I think I really, really like what you said there about having a plan, having a goal. So look, look, you know, I went to go and study nursing or, you know, accounting or whatever it is. I've done it for six months. It's not really for me. In this time, I've really thought about it. I'd really love to go and explore this or my plan and my goals are to go and do this. At least have a plan, like at least be forward thinking, not being like, hey, I'm going to quit and don't know what I'm going to do. You know, at least have a thought. Like, well, if I'm not going to do this, I'm really going to give this a crack, you know. Um, For me, it was very different. And with that, give it it a crack, but, like, like give it a real go, not Mm, not a half-hearted, oh, let me just try this and see what happens. Yeah. A real go. And and I like it. Know that you left it all out there. 
yeah. like you would on, on a court. This is the grand final and I've left it all out there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know that I have, uh, we, if, if I don't end up going down that path, I've really given it a full go and mm. I'm not going to be mm. like, oh, did I, did I really, should have I, oh, maybe I should have tried a bit more or tried a bit longer, like give it a real crack. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, and that's probably one of my, I wouldn't say there's a, a regret, but for me personally, when I mm. uh, had the opportunity to play professional football, not at the time I was like stoked to be there. And, I, and looking back now, I never really gave it a hundred percent. I think I was probably only giving it 70, 75%, which was still enough like to play and, mm. and be selected, but not enough to really go all the way and make a career yeah. right out of it. And looking back now, I'm like, all I had to do was just, you know, work on this, have a bit, bit more clarity, have really good people around me. And I really could have taken it somewhere. Um, completely agree. If you're going to do it, like do it properly. You know, give it everything, yeah. leave, leave no stone unturned. So you yeah. said, you, like you said there, so after that you got into retail, Footlocker, barbershops, managing like all across the country. Yeah. From that, did you always have that burning desire for business, like to go and do something for yourself? Or were you sort of at that stage, just like, you know what, I'm happy to go and learn some more skills? Um, I think, um, I guess probably the only thing I've skipped in that is that I, uh, have, I was modeling. Yeah. So I, I, I think my first ever short sort of job, I don't, it wasn't even paid, it was just a competition I did, was when I was 18. I think I was in high school um, the first time I did it. And then I sort of dabbled between 18 and 19. I never did it as a kid. I was such a tomboy. <laughs> I wasn't interested in, in anything. And also had parents who were like, no, that's not a world we want our daughter to be involved in. So I didn't have their support, which didn't bother me. So I wasn't interested. I never, yep. you know, um, yep. but I had that, I guess, look that from about, I think 13 or 14, I'd been asked if I'd be interested and I wasn't. So it never, it was never anything that I was interested in or wanted to pursue. And then it mm. kind of happened 18, 19, a little bit. And it wasn't really until 1920 that I started trying a little bit more. Um, and then I moved to Melbourne. I was coming back and forth from Melbourne, 19, 20, 21, um, and doing gigs here. And then finally got the, got the guts to move to Melbourne when I was, 22 um and that year I did a uh I did a, the year before I had done a competition I did um, Miss Africa South Australia um and I had one um which was very well random um <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't well it was because yeah. I hadn't taken it seriously in a sense that I was I was a tomboy I wasn't interested in the fashion world um I didn't really tell my parents I was doing it until the last minute and they were in Bali on the day of the grand final. And so when they, I just called them to be like, oh, by the way, I won. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Nice work. Congratulations. Like, <laughs> you know, because yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really, I didn't show to them that, oh my God, I'm passionate about this. This, this is what is I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't, they didn't take it as something that they had to be there for, mm. you know. Um, and when I got to Melbourne, then I really pursued it. I went to New York um, with wow. one of my amazing friends, um, Simone, because she had a fashion label. So I went with her in 2016. We went to Fashion Week with her label and I helped her with that. Um, the year after, I went again, went to Fashion Week and I did some modeling while I was over there and created some beautiful friendships where, that I've sustained in that time um, uh, and got to connect with family that live over there. Um, but really pursued that while I was here. Uh, which that gave me the sense of like, I, I loved being out of work creatively, surround myself with creative people. Um, and I just found it so inspiring. And I wanted to also learn about every other aspect of it. I loved mm. styling. I loved watching the videographers and photographers work and their mediums. I found that fascinating. Mm. And 
I liked not having a boss. Um, <laughs> Love that. I liked not having to, Absolutely. you know, um, yeah, have to having to report to anybody. So I think probably about 20, 2018 was when it started getting into my head that I was like, how do I find a way to do something that I love and do it for myself and mm. do it in a way that, you know, resonates with me? Um, and, yeah, it, it just kind of built, built, from, um, there. built from there um, to... I think one thing yeah, you, you, no. you, I don't know if you purposely didn't say it, um, but top 10 finish... Miss World 2016. Oh, yeah. Did you just like purposely not say that because like no. you didn't want the spotlight on you or? No, because um, I'm not. Okay, look, I'm definitely not ashamed of any of that. It's just um, in the scheme of what I have achieved and the things that are important to me, it's not something that's necessarily important to me. Um, being part of the competition wasn't important to me in the outcome, but what I did when it came to how I felt when it came to um, pushing my uh, confidence level, being on stage, um, talking, walking, the sort of uh, skills that I built from doing that was what I really took out of it. Um, mm. and, the process, um, so to say, like the process. Of absolutely. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, being in a room full of other beautiful, intelligent women that I met, I met my best friend that I live with now. She, I met her in 2016 through that competition. Um, wow. It took us a whole year after that till we actually connected and became started building a friendship. And now she's she's one of the most important people in my life. And I met her through that competition. So I'm definitely wow. grateful for that experience. But for me, it was it was more about pushing myself and and getting that kind of um, getting allowing myself to be vulnerable in a space where you're on stage like that it's very different to modeling um doing runway standing on the stage and and knowing how to pose in a way that's complementary to your body shape um knowing how to walk a certain way with confidence for me that can be translated to walking into a room confidently holding my head high having my mm. shoulders back mm. because if i do that people will go wow that's a confident girl i want to totally. know her story that's a confident woman i should say um you know it, it it draws people to you. Um, so Agreed. there's definitely a lot through that process that I really learned that I'm appreciative for. Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. Enjoy. Would you say prior to that, because it sounded like you were pretty confident and, you know, like you said, the sports and the and the competitive nature, would you say confidence was something that, not, not so much that you were lacking, but it wasn't your strongest asset? Or were you always pretty confident but this just really took you to the next level? Um, I was definitely maybe touching on a conversation for another time in a sense that there's a lot to unpack. I have always been confident um, when it comes to sports and talking with people and and that sort of thing. But part of that is, I guess, why I've got that confidence. Um, somewhat overcompensating for the fact that I was very uncomfortable and very afraid that people wouldn't accept me um, or wouldn't like me or would be able to notice my differences. Um, I was 
I grew up in a small country, a small town, a small city. Um, Adelaide. I, I was adopted. I was already different. I looked different. My hair, my skin tone. And I wasn't able to yet fully accept all my differences and love all my differences for so long. So it was hard to necessarily, it was hard to know when I was being my authentic self, which to be honest, I probably wasn't a lot of the time because I felt like I needed to overcompensate with my friendliness or my outgoing attitude or my competitiveness to fit in. Um, And I wasn't able to blossom um, and I had a recent conversation with a, high, a friend, school friend of mine who's known me since I was five and I opened up a little bit about the fact that I wasn't comfortable in high school uh, deep down. I felt very uh, awkward but at times and very, I, I felt like I really had to, I was a social butterfly and people mm-hmm. might remember me as a social butterfly and I was friends with all kinds of people but I thought I had, that's how I coped. That was my coping mechanism totally. because I, yeah, I was scared yeah. that one group, if they got to know me too well and or I sat around with them for too long, that they would find something in me that they didn't like or my differences weren't going to be mm. accepted by them. So I just floated around and was friends with everyone. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a front, so to say. Um, but this, you getting up on stage for the, the Miss World competition and all the prep work, like you said, the process really yeah. allowed you, like you just said, yeah. to blossom and yeah. Yeah. know you and understand you to the best of your abilities at the time that was yeah definitely something that one one of the things that i'd say from my past that's helped with that process i've just been like this is me and i i'm learning to accept myself um i mean i have a love-hate relationship with this hair like this hair is something that it, <laughs> it, it's taking me so long to just embrace and love and you know accept yeah. as part yeah. of me and it's something that's so simple that people don't even necessarily think about but yeah, totally. it's it's yeah. just a process of learning to love yourself and accept yourself. And I don't think I'm yeah. ugly. I don't think I'm unlovable. It's not. It's nothing to do with that. But definitely, as a young age, it was my uh, all of that. And I think all people go through that, regardless of what you look like. Everyone goes through a Agreed. teenage angst Agreed. of like, do people like me? Do I look okay? Um, but I definitely had a trying to fit in. Yeah, trying to be cool. Exactly. And yeah. I think I definitely had uncomfortable yeah. experiences and. Some of it to do with racism, some of it to do with just teenagers being teenagers. Um, but it was just hard to uh I definitely wasn't my authentic self for a very long time. And that process of learning to yeah. be my authentic self has has been an incredible experience. From from that thank you as well, firstly, for you know, sharing that because I think there's a lot of power in that story. And like you said, doesn't matter, you know, what you look like, where you came from or how old you are, in that sort of teenage mm. year, there's always that unknown is always that sort of who am I what do I what am I doing you know where am I going where do I fit in around here yeah when when you did Miss World was there any particular processes was there any particular exercises like because now I'm going through that now in my head I'm thinking cool what tips can Bezza give to someone listening who's like I know how she feels Mm -hmm. I'm feeling that way I felt that way like was there something that you did was there an exercise was there a conversation that really allowed you to just step-by-step step open up? Um, one of the conversations I had was with this incredible girl, um, incredible young woman who's a new mother. Um, her name's Magnolia. Um, and she was actually just recently uh, on the cover of Vogue Australia. Um, she is an Indigenous woman um, from far north uh, Northern Territory. Um, 
and she was in obviously in my competition that year um and it was a few conversations I'd had with her and for me it, it was like it's one thing for me to be a woman of color in Australia and trying to find my way but this isn't I'm not native to this land and find and speaking to someone like her who nobody is native to this land the way she's native to this land and Absolutely. hearing and her coming all the way from far north northern territory to melbourne for a competition like this you know being the representative that she is for you know herself as a as a indigenous woman it was like if if she can believe in herself enough to be here to be vulnerable to um learn to be her authentic self and and why can't I you know um mm. I wouldn't say it was actually one conversation but it was just that process of getting to know her. um mm. I was really inspired by her um by her story and her her differences like you know I know how she grew up I know I know the stories her stories that she told me about fishing and you know being literally with, with a spear and being barefoot and these incredible stories that that almost felt like dream dream time stories that didn't seem real but that was her reality that was her life or is that still is her life Mm. um that was yeah I I think that was a moment that I was like I have nothing to it's not even comparing to it's just it's just like well if she can do it I can do it you know um but the reality is, Bez, that we do compare ourselves. Like we do look around. Like th- there is judgment. Doesn't matter what you say, there always will be. We're always going to do it. Doesn't matter how old you get. Mm. There's always going to be that slight percentage of judgment. Yeah. Um, so w- would you say it's like having conversations, talking to particular people about it? Um, if you, if someone listening is feeling a bit unsure on who they are, where they're going, what they're about, what they stand for, everything that might be going through their mind, having a conversation with a friend or it's, it is hard because some friends will be like, oh, yeah, you're all good. Like, we love you. It's, it's about trying to find that right person, mm, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, we're going to meet so many different people on this, you know, on this thing called life um, and finding, and I think it's really important to be open to opportunities and that's something that I've definitely learned mm. Um learning the importance of networking um, and how to network and that it's not always about, it's not about selling yourself and about selling your story and being, and it being like a business transaction. It's just being open to being like, hi, um, my name's Beza. Um, what's your name? And, you know, and just being open to hearing their story and why they're here because you never know when the opportunity is that you might reconnect with that person and, be able to um, provide a service to them or provide a, a contact for them or the same same vice versa that they might be able to go, hey, I remember this incredible person yeah. that I met. Um, I remember this guy, Jamie, and he he does this podcast and he's talking to me about this and I think he'd be awesome for what, what we're talking about. And you just, you literally never know. And I think the experiences that I've had in life, it has, I look back now and I'm like, how did I get myself in those situations? How did I get to meet those people in those countries or those be in those um, mm. situations? And it's purely because I learned to, especially over the last four years, just be open to listening to people, um, listening to their stories and, and being open to, you know, if the door opens, walk through that door and see what happens. Absolutely. I love that. 
I love that. Here we've got two ears and one mouth for a exactly. reason. It's for that ratio as Absolutely. well. Listen twice as much. I love that. You're a very you mentioned it earlier, like you, you do walk into a room, definitely light it up. Um, you got that powerful, that confident stance and that you just got that charisma about you. On the flip side of that, which we've sort of been touching on now, I think maybe more so recently now, how have you overcome some of the challenges as being a a powerful woman in the industry? Like now, especially getting into events and being more and more out there, even more so with social media. Like I'm guessing this it does come with some hate. It does come with some negativity. Mm. Um, How does someone like yourself deal with that, handle that, get through that? It's yeah, a great question. Um, I, I'm definitely new to the industry when it comes to the events side of things and there's, there's people who um, absolutely inspire me um, who have been in the space for a lot longer. Um, I mean, easy name to think of is a mutual friend of ours, the incredible Mel Yu, um, who, Agre- yeah, who's been in that space absolutely. for a lot longer and she's definitely one of the people that has just really inspired me to go and just do it and give it a go and and say why not um and something I'm really learning to say is if not me who if not now when mm. you know and I wish I could say that that was my my phrase um but it's not but you know absolutely like if <laughs> we'll just claim me, it oh we'll claim it we'll claim it <laughs> if it's not going to be me then it's just going to be somebody else you know why can't it be absolutely. me and if I'm if it's not going to be now when is it going to be why do I keep saying maybe later maybe mm. later um so I, I just gave myself the opportunity and thought let's just see what happens and I mean it was the start of this year that I that I opened the business and it's lockdown that the lockdowns just kept happening and so it's definitely yeah. been a challenge and I haven't gone into it like I'd said before about doing things 100% and, and um really just going for it because it hasn't been the right industry to do that in it wasn't a smart decision to do that you know just yet mm. so mm. um I, I work full time for the, the government, um, and it's something that, although it's not a job that I necessarily see me doing for the rest of my life, I've definitely learned amazing experience, uh, learned amazing things from it, and had incredible experiences. Um, I'd, I'd say I've, I, there's so much I've learned from that that I know is going to help me with with my own business um, and how Absolutely. how I can impact the community because I'm working in a uh, currently working at the um, within the Commission Flat Towers um, and seeing how that community works and runs, how I can, with whatever I do with my work, how I can help the community with what I'm doing with Foot Locker, how I can help the community. Um, the thing that definitely gets difficult is, is, is walking into, I guess, whether it's walking into a meeting or a room and being like, okay, well, um, I want you to have, I want to work with your business for this reason. I'm the right choice for this reason. And if you go in half-hearted, they'll sense it. It's, it's like, I guess, like an animal totally. smelling your fear. Like you you can't walk into yeah. it. It's energetic. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And and people, absolutely, for me, energy is contagious and people will feel your energy. And being able to back yourself and go, I'm the one person who who they need. I am the only person that they they need. Um, and I definitely had a moment with that, with, um, with Foot Locker where, I had to go, okay, they, they're interested in working with me. I need to paint a picture for them that I'm the only person that they want to work with. That And why am I the only person? What can I bring to the table? But also, you know, this is a collaboration in a sense of like, you know, yes, I'm happy to work as an ambassador, but it's not about me working as an ambassador to just make my a name for myself. 
I want to be able to do something that I can really help my community. And if you want me, then you're going to agree to these things, you know, to, I'm with, honestly, after the first meeting that I had with them, I was, I told them that, that I, that I was like nervous. I wanted to vomit almost afterwards. Cause I was like, what in the hell was I thinking? Who the hell do I think I am that I can make any kind of yeah, demands yeah. to anybody? But I had to fake it till I make it. I had to do it for that meeting. Absolutely. And then as soon as the cameras were off, I was like a, a borderline a mess. I was, I was a little shaken because I'd never backed myself the way I'd backed myself in that meeting. Even though I knew they were coming to me saying they want me to be an ambassador, it was what I was putting on top of that saying, okay, an ambassador is one thing, but, you know, what did you do to help them? What have you done within the, that Black Lives mm. Matter sort of movement? Um, what have you guys done to help? Let me help you with that, um, with this part of it. And um, I want to, this is a business that I want to help support. Help me support that. Like, who on earth does that? I'm, I was, I was, <laughs> must have been, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, um, but I just, I just kind of did it, and I, and I thought there's only they can say no, they can say no, or they can say yes. Absolutely. And I think that's what... And if they say no, it's like, okay, cool, well, let's negotiate. Let's talk. Like, it's not a no forever. It's like, hey, okay, cool, well, that's not going to work. Let's try from this angle. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I think... It must have been the connection, the passion. It must have been the energy. Like like we said, like you just knew what the purpose was. It was like, I, I know how big we can do and how much of an impact we can make. Let's do it this way. Yeah. Backing... You had enough belief in your belief. Yeah, in your belief and, and, yeah. and backing myself is what I've definitely had to learn, and especially with, with social media. I have a real love-hate relationship with it, and it's just a, for me... I just try and learn to use social media in a way going back to being my authentic self. I am nothing but my authentic self on my social media. I don't post things that I'm not comfortable sharing with my family. I'm not, I don't post things mm, that mm. I can't, you know, um, show my nieces and nephews and be proud of what I've, what I've achieved. Um, and Absolutely. so if someone wants to make a hateful comment or doesn't like what I've, what I've done, it's like, well, well, I like what I've done. I can, I know my, my parents are proud of what mm. I've done. And that's really happened the last few months. To hear my parents be like, wow, I'm, what you've achieved is amazing. What you're doing with Foot Locker is amazing. This Adidas campaign you did, that's like, you know, that's that's amazing. And it's the first time I've really heard them say that they're proud of me in that sense of, of uh, the creative world achievement that I've done because I've never gone to them. I'm proud of what I've done. I love this work. This is the best I've ever felt. This is me now. I've never done that to them mm. before. So I haven't provided them the opportunity to be like, we, we've got your totally. back 100%. We're proud of you with what you're achieving with this. They'll, they'll always support me than my parents. But of when course. you hear those words and you're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is the right decision that I've made. I don't care what totally. anybody else has said. I like what you said there and how you framed it. It's like, you know, I only put out what I feel comfortable and what I really like. So if you don't like it as, as someone else out there or a hater, well, then that's okay because you're entitled to your opinion. But I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm not awkward about it. I'm not, you know iffy if I should post it or not I never doubt in my mind it's like this is the shoot this is the image this is my where I am right now this is what I'm eating drinking whatever I'm happy if you don't like it cool I really like that yeah it's a good mindset to have towards social media it's like share what you're happy to share and if someone doesn't like it that's totally fine absolutely I think people who often it's a really basic but powerful yeah yeah. people who often have um spoken to me about their struggles with social media um is I I spoke to them about the content that they produce and it's it might be controversial content or it might be content content that they're not um that they're not necessarily like this is my best work or whatever it is and the difference between that and when they do produce their best work it it shows with with the response they get from other people and and just how they hold themselves um 
the world that we're in now. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's authenticity. Authenticity is what the world craves Agreed. and what the world needs. And the mm. more authentic you are and the more authentic you represent yourself and your brand, people will be drawn to that. Absolutely. Mm. And, and like, like we said earlier, the energetic part of it, even though like it's through social media, you can definitely feel when someone's being them. Mm. You know, they're not putting on a front, whether it's a, a video or a post. Um, but I really like that, Beds, like that, that approach. It's like, hey, it's for me. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy with this. I'm proud of this. My family's proud of it. My team, my business, my whatever it is, my sponsors. Mm. I'm good. I'm sleeping mm-hmm. tonight. Mm. Whether you like it or not, I like yeah. that. Beds, as we start to sort of wrap it up, I really wanted to just, just briefly, quickly touch a little bit on like, I know we've chatted a lot about mindset stuff and it's been great. Mm. Like, this is my realm. Like, I, I love this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what's your internal dialogue like? You know, what, what's your you know, self-talk like? like? How do you present to yourself? Because your voice is your only voice you'll hear and you hear it the most out of any other voice. How do you turn up? Like, what are you saying to yourself in the morning, in the afternoon, before you go into a meeting, when you come out of a meeting? Like, how do you get through those challenging times? Uh, yeah. That's a great question. Um, and I think it's super important right now with all the challenges that we're going through with the, mm. the lockdowns and the isolation. Um, I think it's something that I'm still learning to do and learning to see the benefits of. Um, part of that was well, one of the uh, the co- the online coaching thing I did with you and Mel. That was um, that was super helpful with just learning about a bit more about manifestation and things like that. Um, I was never really into manifestation before, but in the last six months, what I've achieved in the last six months, it blows me away. And I, I'm, I've never been one to toot my own horn, um, mm. but sometimes it's okay to do that. And I, I'm really happy with the progress um, that I've made in the last six months. And I know that well done. how where my mindset has been and how I've conducted myself and the team that I've built has definitely been a big factor with that um and I find that sometimes the days where I wake up and I do not touch my phone instantly other than turning my snooze on or you know um turning that alarm off I snooze a lot um uh (laughs) the days where I don't do that and I kind of just let myself sit there in the silence and just listen to the noise around me whether it's raining in the morning um or the birds or whatever it is or just my dog's feet <laughs> coming up and down the stairs um, <laughs> or scratching on the door, just kind of trying to be present. Um, mm. and there's been a few days where I've done a few affirmations, which I, I would cringe doing. I would, I don't know, it's not necessarily for me um, and something I do all the time, but there are days where I feel like I need that little extra something. And I've done a few affirmations and I've noticed the difference that day in my energy, mm. not having started off the day going straight onto my phone, having done some affirmations, you know, then jumping straight into the shower and then going on my phone to whatever it is that I need to do has kind of, it's, it's made me feel a little bit lighter and, and just more um, almost like just ready to tackle the day. I don't feel so heavy and clouded by everything from the previous day or the previous night that has been crowding my head and, and putting tension on my shoulders, I just feel a little bit mm, lighter. Mm. So it's, I'm definitely not perfect with that. It's something that I'm learning to do more of. Um, awesome. But that's definitely, yeah, definitely something that. Um, it, it gives you it gives you a bit of clarity. Like mm. it, it helps you approach the day with, you know, no matter what challenges do come up, um, you've got the solutions. You're not over, you're not carrying baggage from yesterday. Yes. And, and, and the day really, before, so to yeah, say. Yeah, learning to leave work at work and, 
home issues at home. Mm. Um, and then the only other thing for me is a, is the team mentality. And I think that definitely comes from that mm. competitive nature with sport that I thrive in a team environment. And I have in the last six months Absolutely. started to really build a team of people around me that I trust, that I that I, I like to call and hear their opinions and whether it's just their thoughts on their, what, what they're doing that day. But um, I've really... I'm, I'm thriving with the type, with the people around me, and they're, some of them, are, whether it's a university educated or whether it's um, business entrepreneurs, they're really driving me and um, uh, putting me into that kind of positive mindset. Um, and I'm learning so much from them. Um, yeah, team. Yeah, For me, definitely. a team is just so important. Mm-hmm. Having having people around you that you can could be one person, um, but for me at the moment, there's about three people who just really energize me and really um make me feel like all the struggles and everything is just it's just worth it yeah yeah i love that i love that so like working on yourself first thing in the morning whether it's affirmations the meditations the visualizations Mm -hmm. and then really going into having that support network having the right people Mm -hmm. uh around you as well i like it i like it what about would you say would be your top three habits Beza? like top three non-negotiable things that every single day you do uh, to get the most out of your day, so to say. Okay. Something super simple, <laughs> water. I um, water. and that's that's my mum in the back of my ear. It's water, water, water. <laughs> hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. You got a headache? Have a water. You're, you're tired? Have some water. You know, and and it's totally. contagious. And I'm yeah. I'm that person at work that's like, have some water. Here's some water. Have you had a drink today? What's wrong? Do you need some water? Totally. Um, <laughs> staying hydrated. I find that you know I, I get headaches if I don't have it. I feel flat if mm. I don't have it. Um, my skin gets super dry if I don't have it so water has been for me something I really try and implement and have as much as possible my housemate gets annoyed because I'm like why have you had one glass today like you need more (laughs) she's like it's normal for me you know yeah so pushing for me definitely water something super simple um first thing in the morning my my manifestation that sort of stuff that I'm learning to do and water um the next thing probably um non-negotiables um my for me it's my relationship with my parents um my my kind of communication with my family I've realized what I need and how much communication I need with them um and my relationship with them has really thrived over the last five six years while I've been in Melbourne but especially in the last um couple years it's it's definitely thrived so much more um and I've figured out Love what that. that balance is of what I need and how much I need to communicate mm. with them or just sending them. I sent them a message last night just saying, I miss you. And they knew that that was a, hey, let's give her a buzz and have a chat. And this was like 10 o'clock at night. And it, was, it wasn't anything in particular that I needed to talk about, but it was, you know, knowing when I need that connection and knowing when I need that extra sort of lift. Um, so my relationship with them has been something. And I think for people, it doesn't have to be parents, but that one person that you know that's just, you speak to a few times a week or whatever it is that one person that you have whether it's a spiritual connection or a um, emotional connection just someone that is that person that you can your person mm. um and for me you know totally. i love both my parents obviously but i definitely have a special connection with my mom when it comes to communication that i i learn so much from her and her life experiences um so yeah definitely communication okay. with my mom and then thirdly Trying to figure out a way to, it wouldn't be one thing specifically, but something I can do to have fun 
um, and kind of get those um, endorphins and uh, my, yeah, just whether it's reading a book or going outside for a walk, something that's going to make me have fun um, and smile. Feel your yeah, cup. just fill my cup and feel feel like, you know, and not let myself sort of dip too much and, and feel like the whole mm. world is, mm. is just, you know, coming in and it's so it can be so hard with everything that we're going through. And I think that's probably mm. one thing I'm having to continually try and find a way to do because we are in lockdown and things are getting, restrictions keep getting tighter. And at this stage now, I haven't seen my family for I think four months. Last year I ended up being 11 months, you know, um, and trying not to dwell on those those negative thoughts too much. Um, and just figuring out mm. a way to mm. make my day, something within my day a little bit better. So I've realized, totally. I know that, me giving back to other people makes me happy. It, it's yeah, the same when you nice. give a gift some, to someone, a birthday present, whatever it is, it makes them happy and you like to see them happy. It gives those endorphins off. So Absolutely. when I've been at work, whether it's an extra $2 or buying an extra coffee or whatever, there's a lot of um, homeless people that live in the area that I'm working at, the commission flats. And I found a cafe that does pay it forward. So when you, pay, you buy something, you leave, you know, an extra $3, someone else gets a free coffee. Um, and it's a really cute cafe and I've been doing that almost every day, whether it's $3 or a couple dollars, $5. It is making me feel good, you know, and it can totally. be a selfish thing. Mm, love that. Of course, I'm, I'm providing something for someone else, but it makes me feel good to know that I've done it and it doesn't have to do Absolutely. something that I verbalise to everyone every day. Guess what I did? But I know yeah, that yeah, internally yeah. it just makes me go, okay, I've done something for the community. I've, I've done put some good energy out into the world and hopefully this good, good energy Absolutely. will come back. Absolutely. Yeah. You, well, you're, 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 you're in that space of giving because, you know, again, giving comes from the space of, you know, gratitude. You're grateful for where you are, grateful for what you've got. It gives you the ability to be in a giving state. Um, and then when you're in that state, you're also in the, in the state to receive, which is, you know, equally just as, you know, important in our lives. So I love that. You know, drink heaps of water, guys. <laughs> Tons of water. Leaders and leaders and leaders. Have fun. Find something in a day that you can have some five minutes, okay. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, some sort of fun um well you know there's many different versions of yeah. fun uh and then yeah relationships in your case with your mum. uh but just have that soul partner have that connection have that someone you can just shoot a message to um and it, you know what it, it, during lockdowns i've been very mindful of it and the, the feeling that you get when you actually check in with someone is equally i think as important than to them as well that they've been checked yeah. in on and then you have that conversation because it makes you feel good it's like hey i'm checking in with my yeah. friend and it is a little bit of a selfish yeah. thing because it spikes you up a little mm. bit and then you go into your next meeting, your next mm. conversation, your next whatever, yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, because you don't have that um, little bit of doubt in your head. That, I think it's powerful. Yeah, you, haven't had, you totally. don't have to have that doubt in your head that, oh, I should have called that person or I wonder how they're doing. Like, yeah. Just do it. It could be a message or it could be a call. Just call whatever it is, yeah. I like that. I like that. Bez, this is great. Like, I feel like we could, I know at the start we said we might talk for eight hours and I really think we're on that flow. Like, I really think we could be here to like midnight at this stage. Um, which is, absolutely. Hey, I've got my laptop charging. It's plugged in. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, last question from me. Uh, and this has been absolutely incredible. I've got like 15 different things that I can call this podcast. Um, and there's so many different, so much incredible content. So thank you. Thank you. Most thank importantly, you like I said at the start, for making the time. Um, no, this is incredible. If I had to say to you, Bez, a last question, what does it mean? What does it mean to you to be great? What would you say? That's a great question. Um, why did I not expect you to answer, ask me this? This is your thing. Um, 
what does it mean to me to be great? Um, I think probably the closest thing I can think of is something that I have sort of mentioned is authenticity. Um, in everything that I'm doing, whether it's um, face-to-face, um, over the phone, or um, obviously the world we live in with social media, I am learning to present myself authentically and um, embracing myself and all my quirks. And that's also helping me embrace other people's differences and their quirks and um, mm. being able to see through people mm. and not just necessarily what they present and this sort of pretty picture that you, that you see um, through, you know, the social media lens, but trying to just be my authentic self and represent myself as authentically as possible so that I draw people around me that are the same way, that there's no false pretenses with, with me. I'm, I'm not trying to mm. sell you a story. I'm, I'm going to tell you how it is and learn to tell myself, you know, be, be honest to myself so that the people that are around me are people who are authentic, people who are driven um, because I feel like that's the, the easiest way for me to achieve greatness, for me to mm. provide a platform where other people will be able to achieve greatness and be the greatest version of themselves. If you're not authentic, you're not going to be able to be the greatest version of yourself. 100%. Yeah, the best thing that I took from that was when you said that me being authentic allows me to see your authenticity in someone else. I'll, and that really hit home, like in that little bit for me as well. So like I think the more work you do on yourself, you start to understand other people. You start to see past, like you said, that why are they thinking that way? Why are they feeling that way? Especially in these crazy times, mm. you know, you see through that and you see the real person, you see the authentic part of them and you see where they're really coming from. Yeah. Um, that was good. That was really powerful. Thank you, Beza. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, this has been absolutely fun. Beza, where, where do people connect with you? Where should they follow you? Where do they get some more of Bezaness? <laughs> oh, if they haven't got enough um, <laughs> after this little chat, um, I mean, obviously, Instagram. I feel like this is the first time I've ever done this, being, being able to shout out my own um, handles. Um, Miss Beza on Instagram. Yeah, this, 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 is your, this is your time to shine. This is your time to shine. You know those times in the shower when you practice? It's like, hey, is I'm going to introduce myself? Bang, this I'm is your time. I'm glad you do this. You do that in the shower too. Miss um, <laughs> Beza on, on um, Instagram. I don't, I don't have Twitter. I'm not tech savvy enough to be Twitter um, or patient enough. So just M-I-S-S underscore B-E underscore Z-A. So um, that's, I mean, pretty much the only platform I use. I am broadening out. My, my business account, um, which is just by Beza. Um, and for me, that is a platform that I that I am trying to focus on when it comes to business um, and, and events, um, hosting, emceeing. Um, and for me, the, the thing that's really important with that is to be able to provide a platform so that when businesses hire me, I can hire people from my community, from, you know, locals from mm. Melbourne and go, you know, I've got an amazing photographer, amazing videographer, um, an amazing podcast host um, that you know would be <laughs> fantastic for this for this job and be able to bring people with me. Um, so mm. as I said, that platform with, that. with Foot Locker, all of that is always about building a platform because when I grow, when I thrive, everyone else around me is going to be able to. Because it's lonely at the top, you know. Um, I don't want to be at the top by myself. Sure I do not want to be there by myself. So bring Absolutely. everyone else um, with me. 
Yeah, definitely. I'll make sure I put in the show notes um, if everyone listening the the links and all that sort of stuff to your social media pages so that they can see it. Um, so if you're listening to this or watching this, you'll be able to see in the description all the links. But Bezer, again, really appreciate it. I really feel like we could go for another, <laughs> you know, round two episode, version two, part two, part three, part four. We could go for days. Um, but I really do most importantly appreciate your time you. to do this uh, and passing some really, really powerful knowledge to people uh, through all your amazing experiences. So thank you so much. Uh, and guys out there, make sure you go and listen and follow Beza along. It's an incredible journey she's going to go on. And I'm really excited for you to really publicly announce uh, the work that you're doing. But um, hey, everyone else out there, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great.